Are you asking? It's funny how easily we get trapped into forgetting to ask. You think, well, this is so fundamental. But if you actually did it, when you ask, looking at Him in His face, He releases and supplies to you the faith to believe and receive whatever you're asking for. So I just got another testimony came in on Friday. Um, from a little boy, Ethan, little baby that we were praying for earlier, who'd been diagnosed with spina bifida and had all sorts of problems. And um, they've now been doing interviews in medical journals about this young boy because the doctors have said, I'll read it to you, it's pretty lovely. <laughs> it says that, uh, I mean, as the, all the specialists have looked at him, it says um, that Ethan should now be treated like any other baby because everything is working perfectly. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Just amazing. And uh, yeah, they've been interviewing her for medical journals and all sorts of things about this astonishing miracle that the Lord has done. And um, I know the Lord is doing extraordinary things. Give me a wave if the Lord has touched you at a miracle meeting. Give, give us a wave. Now look around. Praise God. And people are traveling. They come from interstate. We love to hear your testimonies. So um, please do, if, you, if the Lord has touched you and done something in a miracle meeting, we'd love to hear those testimonies because they really encourage people. And uh, it gives people hope. It fuels the hope. Hallelujah. And it's so wonderful. I've been hearing the Lord speak to me and say the words, remember and surrender. And I believe that this is an important word for us right now, that the Lord wants us to remember and surrender. I, I think uh, a few nights ago, late at night, I went to go and let the dogs out at the end of the night, and um, I felt the Lord say, come outside. I thought, oh, I'm in my pajamas, I've just got to do something, and then I thought, no, no, I'll go, even though it wasn't convenient, because I've always learned that obedience brings blessing. And that invitation from the Lord is something to be very careful about. Because invitations, Lester Sumrall used to say it, that the, the invitation, the opportunity of a lifetime lasts for the lifetime of the opportunity. And so it is always important to be intentional to do it. I've had times where the Lord's told me to do something and I've reasoned in my head, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do the, this then. And I remember once... Um, driving to pick up the children. They'd been staying with my mother-in-law. And um, I heard the Lord say, go and pray for this lady. And I thought, okay, well, I'll go and get the kids first. And, and I just kept driving. And the Lord said, whatever you do above doing what I've asked you to do is, is idolatry. I was like, oh, heavy, God. They're just picking up the kids, you know. So I turned around reluctantly, went home and, and uh, called this person and there was no answer. So I, I just started to pray. Took me about a, I put a song on, took me about a song to get my attitude sorted out. And um, interceded for a little bit and then I felt the Lord say, get up and go to our house, like I told you. 
I said, okay. So I got in the car, drove to her house, and I got there and she wasn't there. She'd been taken by ambulance to the emergency. And her neighbor had told, told me, she said, she's not here, she's, the ambulance just came, they took her to emergency. So I, I got in the car, I went to the emergency department, something I couldn't have done if I'd already picked up my toddlers. God's smarter than us. And I walked in and she burst into tears saying, I prayed that someone would come. And I thought, wow, God. You know, how often does the Lord speak to us, but we say, oh, I just, if I just got to do this, I just got to do that. Do you remember Bible stories about this? Jesus, they'd say, oh, I just got to bury my father, or I just got to do this, or I got to do that. In other words, I just got to wait till my father passes away. And, you know, I said, the, no, if Jesus says, do it, do it now. When he speaks, hear his, hear his voice and be obedient. Anyway, so I stepped outside and I just began to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit begin to lead me to pray. You know, sometimes when the Holy Spirit's inviting you, calling you, drawing you, it's not always that he's going to speak a big word to you. He might just lead you to begin to pray. Uh, this is how often the voice of God begins, that the, the Lord, as we begin to respond to his leading to pray, He'll start to speak to us and lead us in our prayer. And I just felt to begin to pray. And actually, I felt the Lord wanting me to remember the call of God on my life and to really, again, surrender afresh and say a fresh yes to this call. Even though I've said yes and I've given my whole life, I began to feel the Lord leading me to, to pray and to repent of apathy and complacency and just to bring a fresh surrender and a, a fresh remembrance. Yes, God. Yes, I do want to be part of this wave. Yes, God. I receive that, that name. You called me, Lord, a wave of God. I'm go I want that, God. I want to be a part of that. And, and just feeling his leading to remember and surrender. And then I felt the Lord begin to speak to us as the body of Christ, that it's time to remember and surrender because the Lord's about to do miracles. That as we consecrate ourselves afresh to him, like it, the scripture tells us, consecrate yourselves for to, tomorrow I will do miracles among you. For the Lord wants to move among us. And I believe he is more excited about what he has planned than we could possibly understand. And his desire is for us to be positioned, ready, and to throw off the apathy and the hibernation clothes that we've had on for a few years. As a body of Christ, a lot of the body has been in hibernation. They've been in a, a, a holding pattern. But I believe the Lord says it's time to throw off the complacency. It's time to throw off the apathy and it's time to wake up, to repent and to remember. Re Revelation chapter 2 verse 5 says, Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. That's New Testament. And it's not that God is mean or angry. It's, it's God's heart desire is, I really want to use you. So come and lay aside those things that would hinder you. Uh, remember 
and surrender. Hallelujah. Because he's so good and he's so longing to release hope to you. And I believe it's so powerful when we just get, we get honest with God. As you start to be honest with him, something powerful happens. He's looking for you to talk to him. And sometimes we can be saying prayers and feeling like we're not getting anywhere. But God's actually saying, I'm not looking for you to say a prayer. I'm looking for you to talk to me. And that's, we can do that by getting honest with God, by, by coming before him. In the, in the morning, in the evening, at nighttime, in the dark, wherever it is, listening to the voice of God. Sometimes he'll call me out of bed, and they're really special times where I know, okay, he's going to talk to me. Because it's quiet, and there's, you know, there's no phones, and there's no people. However it is, the Lord wants you to respond to him, but then he wants you to be honest with him. He's not looking for you to say a prayer. He's looking for you to talk to him because God wants to release into your heart historic prayers. He wants to release in your heart things that are going to change history. Hallelujah. Thank you, Barry. This time last year, the Lord called me out in the, the night time to, to talk to me and I, I was saying all the prayers I could think to pray. I was praying that. Jabez prayer and, and I love to pray scripture don't get me wrong scripture is a powerful way to pray so long as you are praying it and talking to him when you do it in in declaration and as I was praying all these things the Lord began to speak to me he says yes Jabez prayed that prayer and it's written about him and you read about that today all these years later he said Catherine it's time for you to pray some historic prayers and I, I believe that as we begin to get honest with God, the love of God begins to pour into our hearts. Because as we determine to be honest and to talk to him, to look at the one that we're talking to and to have a conversation with our father. It was the thing that the disciples, that provoked them to ask Jesus, teach us how to pray, because they saw him not just saying prayers, they saw him having a relationship where he would talk with the Father. We'd say things, I only do what I see the Father doing. He saw who he was talking to. He knew who he was speaking to. And you know, the Bible tells us that we can pray, Lord, enlighten the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of you. Let your spirit of wisdom and revelation cause our eyes to be opened, the eyes of our hearts to see you. And in that place of talking to him honestly, the love of God begins to pour into our hearts. And as the love of God pours into our hearts, faith pours into our hearts because faith works by love. And so as you respond to these invitations from the Lord, might just be a little, oh, I should, I should just talk to Jesus. Or maybe I feel like it would be nice to go outside and have a walk with the Lord. Or maybe instead of listening to something, or maybe instead of calling somebody, maybe I should just pray. That's an invitation from the Holy Spirit, and it's exciting. And as you respond and you begin to just talk to Him, honestly, talk to Him, look at Him, give Him your attention. 
The Lord has commissionings that he wants to release. It's like Moses when he saw the burning bush. It was an invitation. But the commission came when he turned aside and he gave it his full attention. Then the Lord spoke to him out of the bush. God wants to take you beyond the excitement of, oh, God spoke. Oh, I felt God. Oh, that was nice. And it's always lovely when you feel that, oh, that was a God thing. Yes? God wants to take you deeper than that. He wants to take you from the, to the, oh, and the yes. Oh, God, yes. He wants to commission you, hallelujah, afresh. He wants to help you because God is dreaming. God dreams for you, hallelujah. So in that place, though, I believe it's the place and the time to ask. I believe this is something else the Lord is really highlighting to me at the moment, is that we have not because we ask not. James 4.2. God wants us to remember to ask. Sometimes we've got all these, all these ideas of what we'd like to happen. We've got these thoughts, oh, I wish that would happen, or I wish that would happen, or I hope that happens. Have you got any of those? Oh, I hope that happens. Oh, oh, I want that to happen. Oh, that'd be nice. I hope that happens. But have you actually asked? Sometimes we can be thinking, I want that, I would be good, I hope God does that, oh God, come on and do this. But we have never actually looked him in the eye and talked to the Father about it. I'm not talking about saying a prayer, I'm talking about making a connection and asking him. Because when you know him, when you know the love of God, as you're in that place of conversation with the Lord, as you come into that place where in His light you see light and you surrender afresh, in that place where you are open-hearted with Him and you're opening up the gate of your heart saying, King of glory, come in. He will come in afresh with His love, which is not a one-off encounter, but a continuous river. And He'll, he'll up the flow it'll start to flow stronger and wider and deeper until you become overwhelmed and filled afresh, filled afresh and filled to overflowing. It's what happened with the disciples when they were threatened. They, were, they got together and they prayed and the Bible says, and they were all filled again. It's not a bad thing to be filled again. It's the heart's desire for you to be continually filled and filled and filled and filled. Every invitation is an invitation to being filled again, to being filled afresh. Hallelujah. And he wants you to drink deeply from this river of his pleasure for you. He wants you to drink deeply of the supply, the Psalm 23 supply that he has for you. You're the abundant, overwhelmingly glorious riches of his goodness. He wants you to drink deeply of the abundant supply that he has for you. The supply of all your emotional, relational, spiritual, financial, uh, in every way, relational needs. He wants to supply. He wants to supply revelation. He wants to supply direction. He wants to supply everything that you need. And it comes in this place of being in his light. 
In his light, we see light. As I'm talking to him, then he wants to provoke you to begin to ask. Are you asking? It's funny how easily we get trapped into forgetting to ask. You think, well, this is so fundamental. But if you actually did it, when you ask, looking at him in his face, he releases and supplies to you the faith to believe and receive whatever you're asking for. That's just so happy. You might say, well, I'm asking, I've been asking for ages, I've been asking. You can ask and ask and ask like this on this level, but when you go and say, and you eyeball God, and then you ask, you're seeing his response instantly as you ask. You're recognizing his heart, desire to do what you've asked, and faith gets released by his love into your heart, and you conceive and receive the answer there and then. And whether or not it's instantly manifested, doesn't matter, you've got it. I've got it because I asked him personally. That's what Jesus did when he was standing outside of the tomb of Lazarus. He began talking to the Lord. He says, I say this for their benefit. What benefit? He was helping you and I recognize This is how you get breakthrough. I'm going to show them that I'm talking to you. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. Every time he goes to do a miracle, he's lifting his eyes to to heaven. He's raising his eyes. What's he doing? He's looking at his father. And when he looks at his father and he sees his father's face, when he sees his father's yes, it's done. It's just done. What do you need to eyeball God about today? It's time to ask. You have not because you ask not. As I was repenting of apathy and um, complacency, I I looked up what apathy is. Apathy is a lack of interest or enthusiasm or concern. Complacency is even worse. It's a feeling of being smug or... Um, or uncritical satisfaction with oneself and all one's achievements is actually pride. And, you know, some of us get all caught up and excited about trying to find something wrong with ourselves. That's not what I'm talking about. But as the Holy Spirit leads you, there may be areas in your life that you do need to repent and remember and return to the things you did, doing the things that you did at first, like we read in Revelation. There are perhaps some things where you have become comfortable, where you've given up pressing in and you've just decided, I'm gonna just be comfortable. It's like Hannah's, wa- Hannah's husband. She was crying out and believing for a child and you know, year after year it wasn't happening. And I think he was trying to be nice. But her husband came along and says, is not my love for you more than 10 children? And she's like, (laughs) no. The enemy will try to tell you it's too hard. 
don't torture yourself by believing and hoping for something that's clearly not going to happen. The enemy would love to do that. He'd love you to settle for something less than what the Holy Spirit is promising to you from the Father. Don't fall into apathy and complacency. Don't fall into the place where you go, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm okay. I'll be just happy with this. Contentment is great. Godliness with contentment is great gain, but that's not what this is. God's heart desire for you is not just to live in a holding pattern until you die. God's desire for you is to do the same works as Jesus and greater works than these shall they do. God's desire for you is that his river would flow with power through you, changing the atmosphere everywhere you go. That every person you encounter, every person you look at is powerfully impacted by these eyes that are shining with the love of Jesus. It's true. I see that in your eyes, Joseph. You, you, you have that ability to look at people and oh, I feel Jesus. It's true. God wants to leap through you to touch people just with a look. Jesus looked at him and loved him, the Bible says of the rich young ruler. I want to do that. How does that happen? By looking at him. Yes. The more I look at him, the next time I look at you, they're going to see what I've been looking at. People will see what you've been looking at. What will they see? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you behold is what you reflect. There's some wonderful scriptures about remembering. Psalm 103, verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He wants you to stir yourself up by way of remembrance. He wants you to remember the good things that he's done. It's so important to give thanks, to be continually, intentionally giving thanks. If you ever find yourself in a place where you feel like you're in a bit of a rut, or in a bit of a holding pattern, or in a bit of discouragement, that's the time to begin to give thanks. The Bible says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his courts with praise. There is a breakthrough that comes with thanksgiving. I wrote a song, Thank You, years ago, because I was just feeling cranky and annoyed and frustrated and depressed. And I, I got on the piano. I'm like, okay, I know how to get out of this. <sighs> For loving me um, and for changing me, for choosing me. Thank you, my Lord. That's about all I had. For loving me and changing me for choosing me thank you my lord 
And I sang it, and I sang it, and I sang my way out of depression. You, get, you might think, what do I got to thank for? You're alive. Thank God I'm not dead. I'm grateful I'm not dead. Are you glad you're not dead today? Hey, pretty good. How are you? I'm not dead. <laughs> you can start there. Well, I'm thankful that I'm oh gosh, I'm thankful that I'm saved. Wow. Yeah, take a moment to think about that. But all this is happening, all this but I'm saved. I'm forgiven. There's a lot of things we're not supposed to remember. Things like our sin, our failures, our past. We're not supposed to remember that because God doesn't. I'll remember your sins no more. Hello? Uh, that's like something you should be ecstatically celebrating. <laughs> Doesn't remember my sin anymore. Like, therefore, I also am not allowed to remember my sin. So when the enemy comes and goes, think about how terrible you are, you go, what are you talking about? I've been forgiven, I've repented, and I've received the grace of God. He doesn't remember it anymore, neither do I. I know who you are. Get out of here in Jesus' name. I'm going to remember the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to think about his goodness. I'm going to thank him that I'm saved. Thank God I am saved. Thank God I'm forgiven. Thank God I've got eternal life through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that I have food to eat. Thank you, Jesus, that I have breath in my lungs. You can start there. And as you start there, God will give you more. And you can praise your way out of depression. Hallelujah. Psalm 77 verse 11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. God's heart desire is for you to remember the goodness of God, to celebrate, to give thanks. I was preaching when suddenly I found myself in someone's hospital room. I was in a meeting in Sydney and there was such a spirit of faith in the room. This couple came forward and interrupted the meeting and they said, please, with desperation in their voices, will you pray for our son? He's in the hospital. I went to go and pray for them and as I did, I felt such a strong anointing for intercession come over me. And I became unaware of anything else in the room as the Lord took me into a vision. And I saw myself walking into his hospital room and laying hands on him as he lay in his hospital bed. Well, I didn't know what happened until seven years later, they came up to me in between services at another meeting I was doing on the Central Coast. They said, do you remember us? We interrupted your meeting in Sydney seven years ago to pray for our son. I went, oh, I do remember you. They told me he had had end-stage lymphoma with tumours all through his body. And at the very moment we prayed, he was completely healed. Then, seven years later, he was still cancer-free. I tell you, when you begin to pray, God wants to release faith that nothing is impossible.
I want to invite you to become a monthly partner with us as we take this message of God's goodness all over the world. We need your help. And the beautiful opportunity we have with our monthly partners is to get together on a monthly Zoom where we pray together, we prophesy, I share from the Word of God, and we have a question and answer time together. They're really special times, and I'd love for you to join us as part of the KRM family. Come and join us as a monthly partner today. Go to the website for details.